Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, your personal brand. Is it helping or hurting you? Recruiters are actually required now to look at your social media accounts, and 95% of them go to LinkedIn. Joining us here in the studio is the founder and CEO of Firestarter, Francis Reimers. Firestarter works with individuals and small businesses to help them create, grow, manage, and protect their personal brand through strategic marketing and public relations tactics. Personal branding is something that I very much value and practice myself, and you all should too. And here's an opportunity for us to get refreshed on why personal branding is something we all should be thinking about as we do a checklist on our ability to execute on this important vision, (laughs) this important life mission. Francis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me back. Well, let's remind our listeners quickly, why is a personal brand so important? Well, as we live more and more of our lives online, it's becoming more common that somebody will Google you before they interview you, go on a date with you, do business with you. And so if that's the case, then we are in the driver's seat of how it is that we are perceived. So why not understand what your personal brand is and how you can go about creating it effectively to work for you rather than against you? I find that a lot of people really resent that the social media giants now put us in a posture where we have to manage this stuff, but it's too late to have that conversation, isn't it? Yeah, we're, we're the, the horse has left the barn on this. Like, if those who are dragging their feet and saying that social media or any sort of social engagement is not for them is way behind because the reality is your brand is already out there even if you are resisting social media. If you work for a company, even if you work for the government, your name, your picture, your bio is probably on a company website or something somewhere. So once again, if you know it, it's there, so why not get in the driver's seat and manage it? So I tend to think of summer as a time where I really wish I was at the beach or maybe in the mountains someplace. Why do you think summer is such an important and good time to work on your personal brand? Well, summer's perfect because the phone is ringing less, emails are less frequent, we're not bouncing around from staff meeting to staff meeting to staff meeting. So you really can kind of isolate yourself for an hour or two and sit down and really think about what is happening in the next six months of your life, the next year of your life, and think about what what is going on and what you need to do to put yourself in the best position for success. What are a good series of tasks or a roadmap, two or three things that is a practical matter people should be doing over the summer to build their personal brand? Well, the first thing you got to do is think to yourself, how is it that I want to be perceived? What, what do you want people to think when they look at your assets, when they look at your social media platforms, your company website, um, a picture of you online that somebody has tagged you in? When they see those images, what is it that you want them to see? What adjectives or active words do you want to immediately come to mind when somebody looks at you? Um, like when crafting my own personal brand, I wanted people when they saw my assets to think sharp personable, active, innovative. And so I work very hard to make sure that all of those adjectives are very apparent when out there. So first, how do you want to be perceived? That's the first thing because that pretty much shapes every other activity from then on. 
Uh, the second thing is take an audit of what is out there about you. Just Google yourself. Just Google yourself. Yes, it's so easy. Like people seem to somehow think that Googling yourself is a vanity thing. No, it's actually a business practicality thing. Going out there and finding out where you are in the internet is extremely important because you might find something that's incorrect or something that you had no idea was out there. So take an audit of yourself. Where are all the platforms and websites where you're listed? And are all of these places giving the same story? Are they sharing the same message? When you look at your assets like LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, what are you saying about yourself? And more importantly, how do you look? This is extremely important. When people look at a photograph of you, they're making a split-second judgment if they want to engage or disengage. So take a look at that picture. Is it outdated? Is it really putting you in the best light? A lot of people post pictures with sunglasses on, which I've never understood. Uh, we can't see your eyes. If we can't see your eyes, guess what? You're putting a barrier of trust between you and the person that's on the other end. So make sure that when you're looking across these assets that they're telling a consistent story, that you're showing a consistent story, and that all of the information is up to date, especially for those who are going out in the job hunt in the fall. Um, they're looking for a new job, wanting a promotion come, come fall. Recruiters are actually required now to look at your social media accounts and 95% of them go to LinkedIn first. And you can you can go through your Facebook history, your Twitter history. You can edit it and delete things, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. You can absolutely go into these platforms and edit um, if you want to go in and make sure that posts with particular words or phrases are automatically removed. There are apps out there that will help you do that. You don't have to go line by line by line. Um, Tweet Delete, for example, is a great app. You just put in a keyword, it'll go through your feed, it'll show you the posts that have that image or phrase or word, and will immediately move it. So, you, I mean, it takes the heavy lifting out of it. The message here is if you think that social media is a multiplayer game for fun, you are completely missing the point. People need a Sherpa to be able to do that. Right. So you can fight the social media giants or you can use and actually get stuff done here in D.C. Francis Rammers, as always, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. And now, non-billable consult with legal expert Andrew Sherman. What does it mean to effectively govern? In politics, our notions of effective governance, unfortunately, seem to evolve on a daily basis as partisan battles and global events unfold. But in the corporate world, it's supposed to be very simple. The law of all 50 states governing corporate matters are pretty clear about the duties of a board member, the duty of care, and the duty of loyalty. So what are these duties? The duty of care is essentially the need to come prepared to board meetings. That's right, prepared, not distracted, not last minute, actually reading reports before they're issued and marking them up, getting ready to ask good questions. Be ready to challenge the decisions of company leaders. Be a strategic sounding board for the future direction of the company. The duty of loyalty is avoiding conflicts of interest. That means full disclosure of any vested information or on the outcome of a decision, avoiding politics, cronyism, nepotism, you name it. If you're serving on a board or thinking about serving on boards, whether they're profit or not-for-profit, embrace these three basic best practices. 
Number one, develop effective onboarding and initial director training. So many directors join boards without really understanding the mission or core values or even business model of the company. Second, periodically visit and revisit balance and diversity of your board from a talent thinking approaches and relevancy perspective. And third, establish metrics for evaluating the effectiveness of the board. One big board theme these days is accountability. Custom tailor and align these metrics with current goals and challenges of the company. Commit to training and mentoring and outside advice to strengthen the skill sets of the board on a continuing basis. In a nutshell, it's an honor and a privilege to serve others and to serve organizations as a board member, but you must embrace your role as a steward and a fiduciary with passion, with commitment, and with a clear understanding of the company's objectives. That was your non-billable consult with legal expert, Andrew Sherman. Thank you to the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.